Do you believe a man can fly? What's up, Story Geeks? On today's podcast, Jay and I are joined by veteran comic legend Chuck Patton. Chuck is also an Emmy Award-winning animation producer-director, art director, storyboard artist, and like I said, veteran comic artist from the days of Justice League Detroit and just some of the most classic stuff that I've enjoyed in my run on comics. And we talked about Superman the movie and reminisced on the impact of it, all the different portrayals of all the different characters. And uh, yes, we do talk about spinning the earth backwards to turn back time, so you can look forward to that. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. And to hear more of our thoughts about this, like our blogs from Ashley and Anthony, head on over to thestorygeeks.com. You can also share your thoughts with us there. And while you're there, we'd love it if you'd become a supporter. If you support the Story Geeks on Patreon, you'll get access to all of our premium content. That includes aftercasts, audiobooks. On today's aftercast, we actually have an interview with Chuck Patton about his career, which was just really fun for me to get to do. Become a premium supporter today and unlock access to all of that stuff right now. Thanks for listening in. The Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. Now let's dig deeper into Superman the movie. Well, it's not every day that you get to start off a podcast with a comic artist legend in the room. So, Chuck, thank you for being here with us, thank sir. Thank you. I'm, I'm getting used to the legend word. That's kind of cool. And yet I kind of like, oh, really? So. You might be a podcast lesson at some point, too, because you got a voice for it, awesome. too. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, I hate my voice. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, it's great. Thank you. Well, we are going to dig deep into Superman the movie. This is one that I've been wanting to get to for a long time. Yeah. So, and I'm glad that we waited till now because now we have you to talk about it with. Thank so, you. And it's one of your favorites too, right? Actually, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know anybody who hates it. I, I'm critical of it, but I, in the long run, I love it. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's dive in. So, that was my first question is, what's your opinion of the film? <laughs> <Yeah>. So... <laughs> so we kind of got Chuck's opinion. Jay, why don't you give us your opinion? Yeah. I, it's a classic by any standard. I mean, sure. this yeah. is one of the, like basically the first superhero movie of all time, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it also introduced the viability of superhero films yes. as a medium, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is incredibly difficult to do, but they did it amazingly well. Mm-hmm. I don't think... Uh, I watched it recently, the first act... Holds up real well. The first Everybody act says, is yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. After the that, helicopter rescue. Well, after he leaves oh. Kansas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Once he leaves Kansas, all of a sudden <clears throat> it starts to making fun of itself, and it's exactly. like, oh man, no, you had me rolling. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. Paul Kent's dead. He's going to the big city. Oh, it's gonna change. It's, it's like, gonna yeah, change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then by today's standards, yeah. it starts to get yeah ludicrous. Yeah. But yeah. but it has yeah. its place. It has its place. Yeah. yeah. The nostalgia level for this one is insanely high for me. Yeah. Like, I remember going to see Superman Returns, mm-hmm. the Brandon mm-hmm. Routh film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, which, God. Which, you know, a lot of people hate that film. I'm okay with it, but it's not great. I'm not going to argue that at all. Hate's too but, strong a word. <laughs> <laughs> not strong enough, probably. Anyway. But I remember going to see that, and it had been, a, at that point, it had been a long, long time since I watched one of the Christopher Reeve films. Mm. And I sat down in that theater and just hearing that John Williams score pop up and hearing the dun 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 dun, dun yeah. I was like, I'm yeah. so happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of the most iconic, uh, best scores ever yeah. written. I mean, it's John Williams one thing. And I've, as a, again, a 
professional and fan. I've loved his stuff since the days he was doing Lost in Space, you know, that um, kind of Lover yeah. and Allen movie shows. So I was aware of him. He was Johnny Williams then, which was kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Williams, like sw- that's something Stan Lee would say, like, swinging Johnny Williams. <laughs> but um, but that score, that's that's what really, yeah. I think, is, is to me immortal. Yeah. There's two things immortal in that show, in that movie. It's Chris Reeve. Yep. And that theme. Yeah. You you know, it's that's where I go, okay, there's no argument, there's no complaint, no mm-hmm. critique for me. Um, yeah, you can pull it apart after it and he leaves Kansas and there's unevenness here and there. But there is something that it has that really made it work was yeah. its earnestness. Yeah. You're right. Absolutely. You hit it on the head saying this was the first superhero movie. They went in knowing we gotta sell this. Yeah. I always said that it's got the best, the greatest ad campaign which was yeah. You Will Believe a Man Can yeah. Fly. Yeah. Because even though there was shoddy stuff there, you can see they worked hard on this. And he sold it. He sold the hell out of the whole Some of it swooping. still looks really good today. It even. does, yeah. It Not does. all of it, but yeah. some of yeah. it. <laughs> Again, I think it's him. It's just amazing how he just sat. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can call it to equip, I'm a little older so I can throw this at you, is the only thing I can give it that has the same gravitas was the old Superman TV series. With uh, George Reeves, because uh, everybody would sit there and go, you know, the black and white ones is the ones to watch, uh, because there was this darkness to it, and he was always, and it's something that became my own mythology, um, what became a part of my own mythology, of how I appreciate things. Mm. The show would always start dark, and he would always be the light at the end, uh, no, no matter way. how it was. Well, Superman, so he had yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. even with the music, it's like when he showed up, you know, stuff was going to get done. Shit was going to be handled. <laughs> you know, bad guys, wherever they've, they've done all this, dark, there was no way in hell they're going to get away from this guy. Yeah. So there was like unequivocally, this was the, um, and, he, and he played it straight. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, their problem was when they went to color. All of a sudden, it got light. You could see all the imperfections. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the black and white stuff. I mean, you can look at it now, and it's still you know you see the padding on them or something. Yeah, right, right. But it, to me, it's like when you watch the actors, if you if they believe, if you got the belief. And he was taking on gangsters and guys who are like, yeah. you know, I'll shoot that little kid. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, dude, don't shoot the kid. Yeah. You know? and, and the way he would go at him was like, yeah, I'm kicking your ass. You know, yeah. <laughs> I used to love as a little boy, he will stand there and the bullets would pop up and he would grin. Yeah. And at the time. And he had his hands on his hips. Yeah, and, like he knows, yeah. you know you're not going to get away with this yeah, shit. Yeah. And there was nothing on television that said that. Superheroes didn't, I mean, heroes didn't enjoy yeah. Kicking your butt, Superman did. <laughs> you know? I gotta watch that now. So, I have never seen the George Reeves. It's all on DC Universe. I've been oh, going yeah. back and watching. Oh, yeah. 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 Cool. But cool. I mean, I, I segue there. But yeah, the movie brought that up now to a modern level. Right. And then there was Christopher Reeve, which was kind of, I always thought was very ironic that his name was Reeve and it was George yeah, Reeve. Yeah. Totally. There's something about this Reeves gene, <laughs> know. you know. Yeah. But and everybody always wonderful. gets it wrong. They always say Christopher yeah. Reeves and it's like, nope. Nope, nope, nope. There's oh, a difference. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I even anyway. made a note in my notes that it was Reeves. I'm like, Don't That's say wrong. the S. Don't wrong. say the S. No. Yeah. <laughs> well there's obviously a big difference between Christopher Reeves version yeah. and what we see in the DCEU, I say quote unquote because I know that's not an official term, but uh-uh. um, which version do you guys prefer, Jay? Let's start with you. Which one do you prefer? There's room for both, I feel like, and I'm mm-hmm. glad that we have options, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's options in the comic too, which, uh, comics, which I love. Sure. Um, I think that you have tension from the 78 version. Um, most of the tension in the conflict comes from the double identity kind of issues that he has, right? Mm-hmm. When he's Clark Kent versus when he's Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that, a lot of the conflict, though, seems more external 
in the 78 version, meaning that um, he's trying to figure out the world around him and trying to figure out this double identity. And he's trying to figure out like, how do I, how do I, you don't see a lot of internal, like, who am I? You know, like, what was I meant to do? But you do see that in the man of steel, Superman, like that's all of what he's about. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I kind of I like that darker take a lot, but I think that it's nice to live in a world where we have both of them. Mm-hmm. And if uh, if I really had my way with it, I would be like, can I see Christopher Reeve doing the dark take? <laughs> like, <laughs> can we see that Christopher Reeve in awesome. a Zack Snyder movie? Yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing because I think he would bring. I mean, talk about. Uh, was it Juilliard that he was trained at? Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, he has this training as an actor that, that like, when you said he's earnest, mm-hmm. he has every right not to be. Yeah. Right? Like, he has every right to say, this is this is mm-hmm. beneath me as an actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he did not say that. He yeah. went, I believe in this character, and I'm going to put my heart into he it. He threw on the tights and made it awesome. Yeah. He made it awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I would love to see him. I mean, g- can you imagine him in the new suits that they come up with and with the oh, exercise yeah. programs that they're putting these people through? Like, he would have been the perfect Superman of all. I mean, he already is the, be- the best Superman yeah. of all yeah, time, I mean, in my I was opinion. Gonna say, yeah, yeah. He has passed away, and we still can't, you know, can't exactly. get him out of that role. He's still... You know, very powerful. Yeah. That's very well put. Uh, I agree with you. I think you definitely need to, um, there's both, there's a value in both. Mm. But there is this real, and I think the whole conversation about internal compared to the external. In other words, we're living in a darker time. Mm. There's more introspection that people has gone through. We know more. Yeah. That's my usual fallback on stuff. We <laughs> right. know more. We may not know what to do with it. We're probably more idiotic about it, but we do, we're... we're Maybe knowing isn't so much, but it's so much uh, available. There's so much uh, yeah. uh, that's, um, I mean, um, we're living in a time where people who are supposed to be handicapped are now functional. Yeah. And there was a time when people wouldn't even accept that. Yeah. Right. Which is always interesting when I look at Superman because I, I thought that was one of the brilliant takes in, in Man of Steel mm. was that they approached him almost like he was autistic because uh. he was a little special. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he had that super hearing that he couldn't control. Yeah, right. he needed his mom to help him guide it, which gave a wonderful, a, a great anchor for Ma Kent. Yeah, which I thought again was brilliant because you know we know all about Pa Pa Pa. We never talk about Mom. Yeah, and here's yeah. why Mom was important. Yeah, and um, and I thought that was brilliant because you know for a lot of reasons, a lot of us love superheroes is that they're about taking exceptional people and letting us feel protected and safe. Yeah. But what happens when that, how that person start? So yeah. I thought that was brilliant for them. While in, in, in Superman, we got to see the, you know, the legend of how it works and how, you know, the what if for me is, what if he did, you know, if he landed in Moscow instead of Kansas? <laughs> oh, it yeah, yeah, a yeah. different guy here, <laughs> you know. But he got saved by farmers, and the farmer taught him how to appreciate things. Yeah. And that speech that his dad gives him about you're not supposed to be able to make football, you know. Uh, uh, touchdowns all the time, you know, but there's some people who can, you know. (laughs) That little speech was so wonderful because that gave him a moral compass. Yes. And um, so he never doubted. That was the interesting thing. He didn't doubt what he was going to do. While Man of Steel was all about dealing with self-doubt. Yeah. Here was in in Superman where, you know, I'm going to go out there and, you know, Pa said, you know, I can make those touchdowns. But I'm going to make them for the right reasons. Yeah. yeah. And he's told me how to do that. He told me the difference between that. I'm going to put that in, 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 in um, you know, as most of us would, you know, who are, well, I'm not a parent, but I'm an uncle, 
many, many times over. Yeah. <laughs> Grand uncle. <laughs> so, so uh, but you, you want them to learn something from you. And that's the legacy you pass on. Mm. Yeah. You know, which I always, again, legacy is an interesting word. Oh, he lo- Daryl's thing is legacy. My <laughs> favorite, my yeah, favorite character yeah, is yeah. Dick Grayson. So, oh, well, yeah. I, yeah, I just spoke to somebody about him, but, but I'm not going to divert. But it's interesting because I, I was giving someone who, uh, a young actor who was up for a role, uh, show that um, Dick Grayson's involved. <laughs> and he's playing the opposite of him. And I was telling him how important Dick Grayson was. And that, you know, believe it or not, he becomes, uh, Batman didn't raise him to become Batman. Batman mm-hmm. raised him to become actually the best Dick Grayson he can be. Mm-hmm. As much as everyone goes on and on and on. He goes, no, when Dick Grayson becomes Nightwing, that's who he's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. There's a whole other episode. Yeah. We're going to have you back and we're going to talk about that one. That, one, yeah. <laughs> that would definitely bring me. I'm, I'm a sucker for both guys, you know? <laughs> so That'll be like a three or four hour episode. It would be. Oh, like, oh, yeah. 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 I could yeah. go nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did an episode on Glass last week oh. and we found a way to talk about Dick Grayson. So. I still haven't seen right. that yet, so I got I to gotta, I, I gotta catch it's up. It's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really good. good. I like that a lot. Um, I would agree. What you, I, th- I think for me, the way, wow, that was good talking. The best way that I could answer this question is yeah. my favorite Superman uh-huh. mm-hmm. is Christopher Reeve. Yeah. My favorite Clark Kent is probably Henry Cavill. Mm. Oh, interesting. Because I do like the, we get to see more of Clark's personality. Mm. Um, and, but the confidence and the security and the hope that you feel mm-hmm. when Christopher Reeve comes out in that costume yeah. and starts talking to the citizens around him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> still the safest way to travel. And, right. You know, right. I'm just like, right. I just feel so, I'm, I'm happy. I feel good. But he becomes the big blues Boy Scout. You yeah, know? that's right. That's totally. what he is. That's right. See, well, now I go, I go opposite. I guess that's funny. Really? Yeah, I kind of go opposite. Um, I really like Cavill's Superman. Hmm. Uh, but I really, to me, what, say, what makes Superman works is Clark Kent hmm. from, yeah. from, from Reef. Um, I love because we know it's a guy's, and yet we know it's still him. Well, let's go to that because one of my questions mm-hmm. is along those lines. So, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I think Christopher Reeve shows us a better contrast between Superman and Clark Kent mm-hmm. than any of the other performances have. Because there's the old thing, right? It's like, yeah. well, why can you not recognize him just because he's wearing glasses and he doesn't have his <laughs> curl down? You know what I mean? Right, like, right, 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 right. You, we know who he is. How can yeah. how does that work? Yeah. And I feel like Christopher Reeve makes it work mm-hmm. more than mm-hmm. others have. What that's do you think true. about that? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that's again again that's why I love the thing about Clark. Um, that scene where he's trying to talk to Lois and he goes from being. He's on that verge of, you yeah. know, and he does that. And it's, and I remember seeing the first time, now in my train, I know what he did. But at the time, I thought that was impressive because he goes from Clark kind of, you know, hooked over. And then all of a sudden he rises yeah. and breathes, takes that breath. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's that close to telling her. Yeah. You and, just saw the you know, transformation yeah, right there. Yeah. And even his mannerisms when he's Clark, the, the thing with the glasses constantly pushing in the middle, yeah. and those who have glasses know this, you know, yeah, yeah. those little affectations he would do and his little, you know, wow, kind of thing. Yeah. And I thought that was brilliant. It was obviously something that, once again, in, from the, those of us who grew up on the comics, knew that, you know, he always wanted Clark to be deflecting. Yeah. Mm. You know, even though he knew he's still Clark, Clark yeah. had to deflect off Superman. Yeah. And has to be demonstrably somebody you go, no, nah, can't, can't, yeah. can't do that. Yeah. And I thought he really pulled that off well. Yeah. He was brilliant at that. 
Um, that was real acting tricks. The, the whole Juilliard yeah. thing with the, uh, the props. He raised the tone of his voice, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His physical body. I mean, he just knew how to play that. And Cavo yeah. didn't have, I mean, to me, when he becomes, again, we're seeing his evolution. Yeah. Uh, where he's sort of coming up with what Clark is supposed to be yeah. with the glasses and the whole thing. But even when he does, yeah. Clark is kind of just as cool as Superman is. He is. You know? Yeah, that's what I, I guess that's my point is that he, he there isn't that div- division that I love. Yeah. There, there isn't that you know that that identity. You really could well in these metro sexual times, <laughs> it's really hard to see how I mean, he could literally and he is literally the same as Superman as he is when he's yeah. uh, Clark. And it's okay because everybody loves, you know, it's sort of like, well, he's sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? He's sort of camouflaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not so much different, but camouflage. He blends in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, as writing for a more modern audience, that's more relatable. Yeah. I think if he came off wimpy or or if I think if a lesser actor tried to do what Reef did, mm-hmm. it wouldn't come off as well. So yeah. Cavill was brilliant in not trying to be, I'm not going to try to do what Chris did. Totally. I'm going to try to infuse. Again, he went internal. Yeah. yeah. And that respect, that's the thing, I respect it. Do I think it's better? Well, it's not a matter of better, but I know that Reeve, again, is more iconic because yeah. of that. And that yeah. Clark sticks with me always. While with Cavill, I really like mm. his Superman because his Clark is sort of... Mm the coat hanger for Superman, <laughs> you know, which is an odd way of putting it. I hope that makes sense. No, it does. It does. No, not only does it make sense, I totally agree with it. We had a we did a podcast with um, Eric Malinsky, mm-hmm. uh, who um, does his own Imaginary Worlds podcast, and he's a big mm-hmm. Batman fan, oh, and so okay. we did a uh, an episode on how do Metropolis and Gotham shape their heroes, and how wow. do their heroes shape them, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I found really interesting as I studied that aspect of the city that they're in, mm-hmm. Metropolis doesn't care about Clark. It only cares about Superman, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You, you just said it. Yeah. Clark gets lost. Yeah. like He's yeah. lost in the shuffle of yeah. things. And what I love about the Christopher Reeve Clark Kent mm-hmm. is that he's, he is this bumbling idiot. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. – he seems like he doesn't belong, but – the heart is there. Yeah, yeah. He's the yeah. he's the heart that the city doesn't have. Lo- right. Lois is basically like, I don't even want to deal with you. Right. Until she figures out his heart is amazing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, what makes him stand out to her. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and so I think that with the Henry Cavill uh, Clark, and and again, I think you're right in saying that it's 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 sort of Henry's choice, but it's definitely the story's choice about mm-hmm. what's happening there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's he's. Has an internal struggle, but he seems like more of like a savvy millennial Clark, yes. not a bumbling yeah. idiot yeah. <laughs> Clark, yeah. right? Yeah. And I just totally. like the bumbling idiot because, like you said it, mm-hmm. I mean, Christopher Reeve on camera with no special effects transforms himself in the blink of an eye from one to the next. And you're mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. That's just performance. That's yeah. not anything yeah. else but performance. And yeah. so it's just yeah. And you laugh with him, too. Absolutely. Yeah. You laugh with him. With some of the things that he's doing, the fumble stuff, I was looking at it going, man, that's on a Buster Keaton level. Because yeah. <laughs> Buster Keaton, to me, is like the, the grandmaster kung fu comedy. I mean, yeah. I, mean I, 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 I mean, is that he, he's a guy who, and you listen to him talk, and you can hear how his brain works. Yeah. How he'll walk in a room, and all these things are props to play with. Yep. But he, the trick is, 
not letting you know what he's going to do with them. Yeah. And Reeve was doing that with yes. the stuff. I mean, yes. you know, and, I, and I love that because yep. it's like everybody else is serious and he's still kind of ha ha. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah I, exactly. I, I just spilled coffee on my pants. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's and how that he's really, because so like the Clark and the Superman yeah. from Man of Steel are mm-hmm. relatable because we have the same internal struggles. Yeah. Who are we supposed to yeah. be? Yeah. Um, I feel like an alien. I feel lonely. Why do I feel like these ways? Yeah, right? yeah, we yeah, feel yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. But this Superman's yeah. relatable because he basically is the persona of everybody along along this wide spectrum of people that it goes from like uh, sometimes I feel like a bumbling idiot and yeah. he's that guy but yeah. sometimes I feel real good and like yeah. I can do something well yeah. and he's that guy yeah. so it's just a different both yeah. of them are great but Christopher Reeve takes it just slightly for me yeah. especially with Clark Kent yeah fair enough let me ask one more question about Superman specifically and then we'll kind of start to drift into some other characters but hmm. In this movie, um, Superman even says that he fights for truth, justice, and the American way. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, we don't really get the American way part. They've sort of dropped that. He, you know, in in, in the Justice League movie, he -hmm. says, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's like, I fight for truth and I'm a big fan of, like, that line is so terrible, (laughs) big fan of justice. But he never says anything about the American way. And you don't see that a lot in comics these days Mm -hmm. either. Superman Mm -hmm. is not really synonymous with America anymore. Hmm. So, Jay, I'll start with you on this, but I'm curious, how do you guys feel about that? Are we missing something there? Or Well, okay, so actually, so before I say anything else, I'll say I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here's why. I think it's part great idea, part marketing ploy, <laughs> and, and partly a bummer. So it's, it's all three of those things, okay? Because I think... That you said this already, Chuck. Actually, I? In a, oh, okay. yeah. In a, well, in a different <laughs> setting, you said there's a. Pl- I forget everything I say. Wait, please. Well, it <laughs> might have been, so it might have been before we started, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but it might have been afterwards. You talked about how much information we have, mm, right? Yeah, I did. There's a pol- proliferation of information now, and far more diversity within the United States mm-hmm. than when Superman came out as mm-hmm. a comic, and we just have a better awareness and, and acknowledgement about the atrocities that the U.S. has committed domestically and abroad, Mm -hmm. right? So it's harder to root for somebody when you go, oh, we've done some bad things too. Why do we get him and the other people don't? It's easier if there's not a lot of information Mm -hmm. and you go, we're the best country there is Mm. and we've got the best guy and he's Superman and he's on our side, (laughs) right? Because our way is the best way. (laughs) It's it's harder when you have more information start coming yes, out and you is, go, yeah. oh yeah, Watergate was a thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, we got these running Vietnam. our country right now. Up yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's a lot harder right, for us right. to say Superman that like man triumphantly standing on top of the Trump Tower. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, no. oh, he's so oh, wish. No. He's so wish. Oh no. So wish. <laughs> I have an answer for that, but I, I want to hear. No, you, you're hitting all these wonderful points, but keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would love to hear. I'd love to hear that in a minute. So. So um, I think because of that, it's really hard to say that Superman would not fight for the people of Russia. Yeah. Mm. Like, that's weird, right? Like, of course he's going to yeah. fight for the people yeah, of yeah, Russia. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. So I think it's almost impossible to have that. And I think that that's why we start to drop the American way. And from a marketing standpoint, like I said earlier, you want to sell comics. Well, yeah, America might be cool. Like I, I kind of like America, but like, what about where I live? <laughs> right? Yeah, like, right, 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 right. I, I would like to even care. Yeah. Exactly, How can exactly. You care? Yeah, like, so I think for all of those reasons, I think that there's a lot of opinions about democracy, socialism, yes. communism, yeah. monarchies. A lot of opinions out there, yeah. um, and I think that 
I think that it felt like Superman made sense to be fighting for the American way when we saw democracy in a more um, altruistic light. Mm-hmm. You know what's um, funny, though? Yeah. Um, is even in that movie, even in 78, yes. when he said that, Lois's response was... Um, I forget exactly what the quote she, was, but yeah, she 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 well, she's always been again the bullshit meter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's but right. she blow it, it, she she goes bullshit, but then she gets it. And again, the romance is that he is earnest, he yeah. is serious when he yeah. says this, and that blows her away yeah. eventually. But she her response is lying. something like, "Well, you clearly don't know how things are around here," yeah, yeah, or yeah, 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 something yeah. like yes. that. And then his response back to her is. Well, you don't really believe that, do you, Loves? Right, like, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But he also says that in a way of going, you know, he's playing with her. Yeah. Because, yeah. again, it's not like he's idiotic. You right. Know? I mean, but he he sort of um, is uh, – it's an interesting it's, – it's really interesting, and I'll say this about Superman diverting a little bit. There's more of a romance between those two in the Superman movie than mm-hmm. it is in Man of Steel. Yeah. yeah. There is more of a flirtation. There's yeah. also challenging here and there, a little mm-hmm. bit of challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, um, not to say, again, I mean, I really, I'm one of the few professionals who come out and say I really loved Man of Steel. Yeah. But as far as romance and relationship, you get it more in Superman. Because totally. I remember all that diatribe, and I'm sitting there going, wow, this is, this is so true. You don't know if they're really being that upfront with each other. Yep. Or is he peeling, you know, the question he's peeling them apart for? Yeah. But he's also being very earnest. This is what he does believe. And this is how she believes, but they know that they're meeting in the middle. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. really learning from each other. Absolutely. And then, of course, you know, when she goes through her ordeal is when you really see how much she means to him. Yep. For him to do what he does. But to answer your, what you're saying, yeah. the, the, I agree with you uh, totally on that. But here's the thing I think that the modern sense mm does with the truth, justice, in the American way. It's no joke. It's obvious that our culture, American culture, has a huge influence on the world. Yes. That we have this beacon of light. It's almost like, it's what I used to yell at writers, sometimes don't say show. Yeah. And Superman's action in itself is so American <laughs> that it's kind <laughs> of dumb point. to kind of him go around saying truth, justice, in the American right. way. Because one, as we, as you said, you know, there's a, not only just atrocities, but we're not the only ones that are de- dealing with justice. We're not the only yeah. one that has a sense of moral and totally. honor and all that. And but again, he's exemplary. He's also exemplifying or he's uh, exhibiting um, the best of all of us. Yes, I yes. mean the entire world. Yeah, and that he happens, and then and how he cavs it. He doesn't have to say the American way. He tells the general. Straight to his face at the end of Man of Steel. I'm from I'm from Kansas. Yeah, yes, they yes. can't get any more American than Kansas. There's no place in the yeah, world right. like Kansas. Just like there's no place like Illinois. There's no place like Mississippi. There's no, I mean, we have we have cities that we know make who we are. That's true. And that is his to me is the 21st century version of saying I'm America. America is yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, we're melting pot from people from other places, and that's a long way of saying it. But what he can say is like, look. I'm I'm from here. Yeah. I know. You know, if I'm doing good, it's because there's good people here. Yeah. If I'm saving lives because I've learned that from people who save lives, which cuts through a lot of crap and mustard of saying I'm, you know, America. It, yeah. It's that thing again, going back to what I did say, and you're right, that we do know more. Yeah. Because yeah. when I hear that statement and you hear it from other people, we yeah. all get it. 
Right. We all right. got it. Oh, yeah, he's us. Yeah. And that's the most yeah, important yeah. part. Just like if someone's from Moscow and he says that to them, if he says in a Russian accent or he says it in Russian, they're going to relate because you can speak my language. There's a power. You can see it now when you're able to speak another person's language and you're not from that country. Yeah. That feeling of yeah. connection that people feel. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I'm not alone anymore. Right. Yeah. And that says enough than saying, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. No, if yeah. I really understand what you're <laughs> right. saying, that, that cuts through a lot of mustard. Yeah. My yeah, broken yeah. Spanish has helped me through a lot of things <laughs> when, you know, at least because they can see I'm trying. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Anyway, but that's, that's why I think that why truth, justice, and the American way is translated into that. It's a lot more, again, we know more. Yeah. There's a lot more connotation in the actions, show, not say. Right. Because we can say a lot of shit. We have a problem now where people say a lot of shit, but yeah. what they do is what really counts. Yes. So that's why I thought Man of Steel, again, was savvy yeah, in playing absolutely. that up instead of going through the old trope mm-hmm. of, yeah. you know. Because nowadays we hear speech. that. We hear the American way. It's hard not to take it politically. It is. It is very hard. Yes. But that's not at all how yeah. it was meant. Yeah. I right. don't think. Yeah. Well, you also had – so you have this really interesting dynamic with Superman where he is essentially – I'm not going to call him all-powerful, but he's mm-hmm. very powerful. Yeah. So if he wanted to be a dictator or a monarch, he could be. Yeah. But he's in a he's, – he's taking on and saying, no, no, actually the democracy here is the one that I'm going to fight mm-hmm. for back yeah. in the day. Mm-hmm. So the problem is if you put him in the modern-day environment and he's not somewhat antagonistic towards our – bigger government that's seemingly bigger government these days. Yeah. I mean, okay, so one of the things that notes I had down is that almost everybody in America right now, if you talk, if if we go to Chuck and say, hey, Chuck, what do you think about America? You're probably going to say America's great. And I, if you ask Jay, I'm going to say America's great. But if you look around, you could make a case that we're not really happy with the direction it's going. Of course. Even right. Trump ran on a platform that said, make America great again. As if it's not. Right, which was always an <laughs> yeah. insult to me. Yeah. That was always an insult. So, yeah. so for me, I go, okay, it, would Superman fight for something that's not great? Doesn't seem like it. Seems yeah. like he would fight against something that's not great. Right. So you just set up these weird dynamics that I think yeah. it's better, like yeah. you, like Chuck is saying, it's better for him to say, I'm from Kansas, and we all know what that means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as better than saying, well, I fight for the American way. And then yeah. all of a sudden everyone goes, what does that yeah, mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which America are we talking exactly. about? Exactly. And that's exactly. the thing. At least him stating where that part of America gives him a common ground. Exactly. And I think that's interesting. Yeah. So you said he could have been a dictator. He could have been a monarch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what Jor-El's dream was for uh, This for, is a great question, Kal-El. by the way. So good for you for coming up with this yeah. question. So, it's very intense. So you see this from two different angles. So we have, we have a representation of Jor-El in each film. Mm-hmm. In, sorry, excuse me. In my throat. <laughs> in Superman the movie, out. we get <laughs> yeah. the classic Marlon Brando performance. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get Russell Crowe's performance in right. Man of Steel. Right. Which, just as an aside, Man of Steel has two actors in it that mm. I traditionally do not enjoy watching. Oh, wow. Which are Russell Crowe uh-huh. and Kevin Costner. Mm. And those are two of my favorite performances in any comic book movie ever. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love They're both so guys. good. Yeah. They're so good. Yeah, they are. Anyway. They are. So in, in uh, Superman the movie, mm-hmm. so Marlon Brando as Jor-El says, he says this in his message to Superman. Mm-hmm. He says, live as one of them, Kal-El, to discover where your strength and your power are needed. Always hold in your heart the pride of your special heritage. They can be a great people, Kal-El. They wish to be. They only lack the light to show the way. 
For this reason, above all, their capacity for good, I have sent them you, my only son. And then in Man of Steel, Russell Crowe says this, You will give the people an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you. They will stumble. They will fail. But in time, they will join you in the sun. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. So there's some similarities there. There's some differences. I'm curious which one of those resonates with you guys more. What do you think, Chuck? I, you know, this, this is a really good question. And um, and I've been pondering this since you sent it. <laughs> um, because, again, uh, and I'm with you. I don't hate... I actually, I have the same feelings you have. I mean, Russell Crowe and, and Kevin Costner are two guys who, for some reason, um, I think are amazing actors when you give them the right things to say. Yeah. And they can be amazing people. They also have a tendency to be asshole magnets. <laughs> you know, generally, or basically asshole, tell it, that's my personal thing. Their antennas, are, you know, they can broadcast a lot of assholeness. But those two roles, them, and, and they, a brilliant job. Yeah, and and it's interesting because uh, I can go on forever about it, and I want to hear what you guys think. Marlon is so godlike, mm. and his statement is so godlike. It mm. is so, uh, on a positive note, it is so biblical yeah. of God sending my, my only, only begotten son, son yeah. my only yeah. son. Yeah, and it's and I don't, and I'm not looking as negative, right? Because I mean, I still feel this. I mean, I I still feel this warmth when I hear it because mm. it's yeah. a hell of a thing. I mean, I, I, most people don't know this, but I'm a foster kid, oh, and mm. um, which is ironic because I still have my family, mm. but I have a lot of values that my foster family gave me that mm. also with my mm. natural family, that I, cause, but my major, my life has been steered by my foster family. And um, to hear that, knowing that this is, you know, your parent is sacrificing was something that I was grow, I'd grown up with, knowing yeah. what my parents went through. And then my foster parents and taking a responsibility yeah. and trying not to step on toes, but they both gave me this moral center. Yeah, yeah. And so that statement always hits me that I'm going to mm. lose you, but I'm going to give you off. Yeah. And but I'm, I'm but it's not like you're I'm giving you off as a prize. I'm not just a prize, but I'm giving you as a you're 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 my greatest gift. Mm. You're a gift I'm going to give to people who need to have mm. an idea. They're both about ideas. Yeah. But Marlins is so. Um, Greek god, you know, <laughs> from high above, you know, uh, I'm sending you down to show them the way kind yeah. of thing. But, you know, you are above them. And while the second one is, yeah, you're above them, but you know what? They're going to they're gonna catch up, mm-hmm. but they need you to lead them along. One right. is a teacher, while the other one is this basically an ideal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's very slim, but mm-hmm. it's in the... Some of it is in the performance. Mar- Marlon obviously slept through a lot of it, but, but he's so, but he looks so, you know. That's what's so fascinating I mean, about it. It was so half-assed, but so it's so true. good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that thing again where you know, even in his sleep, he can yeah. he can do something. He'll hiccup and do more acting than yeah. most people. But and and the writing helped too. You know, um, amazing. I always felt personally. This is my own personal twisted feeling. I always, because I'm a big Charlton Heston fan. If mm-hmm. Heston played him, oh, that would have been they, amazing. That would have been awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would have been Charlton Heston played him. Then it would, then we would have had a combination of what I'm saying with Russell Crowe, which was much more heart. Yeah. While here was Marlon, who was much more intellect. Yeah. So that's how I break it down. My yeah. long thing, Marlon was more of intellect, and and uh, Russell's was definitely heart. Yeah. Um, the sacrifice of wanting his son to be birthed and 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 um, naturally and. 
you know, him going against the bureaucracy and, um, you know, the love of his wife. Yeah. Well, again, Laura is not played up as well in Superman. Yeah. While in Man of Steel, Laura and Martha are very pivotal. Totally. Very strong. And, um, and he gets what his mothers have done for him. Yeah. And that's another movie that touches me when I see that part. Uh, amazing how, you know, you get that legacy. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about it. One's intellect, one's heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Wow, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> really love the question. Um, and I think, Chuck, your answer is fantastic. I love oh, that you keep you. bringing in the influence of Martha, too, and like that oh, yeah. relationship they have. Yeah. Really yeah. good, really good call outs. Mm-hmm. Um, Why did you say that name? <laughs> I laugh, but you know, it's like, I mean, I'm wearing the hat, so obviously, again, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't find it so reprehensible as everybody else did. I thought oh, no. it was. We're, we actually really like that really? film. We think that film's great. I laugh my head off because honestly, after 60 something years of looking at this stuff, I, no one ever picked up on it. I know. Like, They're oh, right my mom's way. And it's one of those things in real life happens when you realize yeah. two people have something in common. That stops the bus. You yeah. know? Yeah. That's Absolutely. Really, it's like, Absolutely. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Your mom's name Martha, too? <laughs> I thought that was the best levity in the whole movie. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. So. That was great. Um, so I do like the Superman the movie quote mm-hmm. from, um, mm-hmm. from Jor-El a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I, and here's why. If I were to okay. paraphrase both quotes... Mm-hmm. Um, from Superman the movie, mm-hmm. go and help other people by using your powers. Show them how to be better, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If I was to paraphrase the Man of Steel quote, it's more like you're the ideal, but they'll figure out how to be more like you given the chance. Mm. So I know this is a paraphrase of both quotes, but I like it's the JL version. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I've never been called that before. Yeah, but I accept. I accept. If I'm Kryptonian, I'm down with that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I think so. I, I, despite the fact that I think that Superman in most of the comics and all the films, mm-hmm. despite the fact that he has this sort of messianic uh, nature to him. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to a level of perfection. I actually like the the more humble, like the, the quote that has more humility in it, right. meaning that he might not be perfect, but he knows some really important things that he can display to show people, to help them come along. Yeah. Not like you're far superior, they're idiots, like go show them how to be better, right? <laughs> right. I just don't like that quite as much. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. and I know I'm paraphrasing there and I'm like yeah, kind yeah. of butchering it no, a little bit. It's a little, it's a little heavier. Yes. A little, yes. I mean, as much as I, again, one has heart, one way into it. It's heavy. It's almost too much verbiage. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's like when they got to that part, they didn't want to. I mean, to me, it would have been just go ahead and use the damn same quote. You know, come yeah. on, man. You yeah, exactly. Done, just like you could have used the, the John Williams music, and that would have shut a lot of people up. Yeah. You know? But they, yeah, I mean, it's a great quote. And because, um, I mean, they are gods. I mean, the Kryptonians, yeah. that's the problem. The Kryptonians already think they're gods. Yeah. Terrell is the only one who can look down and go, no, we're, you know, these little people. Are us too? Yeah, and he, he thats what separates him, gets him in trouble. Yes, you know. I mean, whether you look at the John Byrne version of—I was going to bring in other influences other than the movies, <laughs> mm-hmm. but they're all kind of based off. I, mean, I think Byrne was looking at Superman the movie as well when he was doing the comics, and, yeah, and finding more 
of a humanist reason why Jor-El was different from everybody else. Mm. Yeah. Because he 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 basically was a humanist. Mm. You know, he 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 talked her into no, let's have the child natural. Let's not put him in pots. Mm. You know, let's, yeah. let's you know, touch yeah. him. Let's let him know he has people. You know, he was he was an outsider. <laughs> he was yeah. really a renegade. And uh, which I think is hilarious that Jor-El has always been a renegade and always been an outsider in every yeah. incarnation from the comics to the serials to the TV series. You know, I mean, I, I recently I love watching the old movies, uh, the yeah. old TV shows. I mean, I grew up on them. And it's fun to watch them and see how bad they are. And then you see some <laughs> things that we go, wow, that was kind of cool, mm. simple, it's straight, but, but it has so much connotation. Yeah. And in watching the origin story, they always, you know, they, they every one of them from the serial to the TV series got it. It was mom and dad who put his son in the ship. Oh, yeah. They they did it together. It was, yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. conscious thought yeah. to save him. And it was, it was something very touching about that. Yeah. Well, in Man of Steel, they avoided it, but she was kind of playing her part keeping them occupied so he can do what he needed to do. Yeah, yeah. But it's still certain there's certain sadness about that too. Absolutely. Because she's isn't partaking it. Yeah. And yet he gets his mother's influence later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But those are the things I was sitting analyzing, look at it and go, wow, you know, that that's that's some powerful imagery that had to, you know, wh- whoever made these movies and shows, we gotta show that. It's yeah. gotta be it's mom and dad who did this. Yeah, they did yeah, this yeah. together. They were both renegades. They didn't fit into the Kryptonian idea of whatever. Yeah. And, you know, in the long run, yeah, they were Nazis, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> in some ways, you know, they well, at least they, maybe that's too much of a generalization, but the Kryptonians did think of themselves as above oh, everyone totally. else, yeah. you know. And mm-hmm. that's something that Jor-El obviously did not go along with. Yeah. yeah. And that's the, that's the interesting thing about that speech. The first speech is so succinct and gets right to the point. Yeah. I go back. I mean, I have things I like about both of them. Mm-hmm. But what I find interesting about these is if you go back to the discussion of Clark versus Superman mm. and how the contrast looks different in each film, yeah, I feel like these actually speak into that really well mm-hmm. because in in Superman the movie, Jor-El says, live as one of them mm-hmm. to discover mm. where you are needed. Yeah. So that's basically have a secret identity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the other one doesn't bother to say that. It says you will give the people an ideal to strive towards... Which is like, mm-hmm. if you think about like the pressure of father to son and stuff like that, like no wonder he needs to figure out who he is because it's like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> what yeah, am right. I supposed to be? Well, that's why he's you so know? damn confused. It's like, he, he didn't get the little green crystal, yeah. you know, they told him. Yeah, you know, no. He didn't get any crystals, you know. It's like, damn, man. I got to go out and work for a living. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was Alaska. He has to do all those things. Yeah. Like, a little self-discovery, you know. But so, I do like, it's funny. Know. You said yeah. you see more humility in... In Brando's version. Yeah. I see more humility in Crow's version. Really? Just the whole idea of in time they will join you in the sun. Yeah. So it's it's like he's not above them the whole time. Brando's version seems like live as one of them, see how they are, but you're above them. Yeah. 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 Whereas Crow's version is like help them get to where you are so you're not above them anymore, kind of. He knows he has to teach them. Yeah. He knows he has to, you know, he has to. It's one to be an example, but to live an example is tough. Yeah. So, obviously, Gene Hackman's portrayal of Lex Luthor is iconic. <laughs> greatest criminal mind. Hey, greatest criminal mind of our time. Yeah. I love <laughs> um, that <line. laughs> And it has, you know, you cannot argue the fact that it has influenced cinematic superhero villains oh, yeah. since then. Yeah. So, yeah. 
let's talk about that specifically, and then we can talk about a little bit about Lois Lane after that. But sure. um, Jay, I'm going to start with you because I know you have an interesting opinion on this one. <laughs> yeah i I don't like Lex Luthor in this in this film, and here's here's why. I, I don't mind Hackman as much as I mind the people they put around him, mm. and I like Hackman as like an actor. Otis and Miss Tessmacher. Y- yes, Miss <laughs> Tessmacher and Otis. <laughs> and here's why: because yeah. it becomes. And this is some of the problem I see with the, and we're going to talk about this later too, but like mm-hmm. the third act of the film, it's almost like in the first act of the film, they're going, we're making a, a piece of art. Mm-hmm. And it's this film that we're going to like really do from a, from a filmmaker's perspective. Mm-hmm. And at the end, they're almost kind of like, well, just even, even through act two with the, with the introduction of, of Lex Luthor and Mrs. Tessmacher and Otis, it's almost like, oh no, actually we're making a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. I just feel like the two clashes there don't work for me at all, and I don't prefer to take a story like this and turn it into a cartoon. I want to see a film. Yeah. Um. Even even Man of Steel becomes cartoonish near the end with the big god battle, and I just don't mm-hmm. I don't need that in my superhero film. I, I want to keep it. I want to keep it trying to be a piece of art, even yeah. if you have the big battles and things like that. And that's my problem with. Not just it's not just Hackman, and I think Hackman is great. Mm-hmm. It's it's his interaction with even the fact that they revealed at the very end that he's been wearing a hairpiece the whole time, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like that's a cartoon, right? Like that's a cartoon. Yeah, and yeah. I just it's just a little bit too much for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Chuck? That's interesting. Again, interesting questions. Um, <clears throat> I agree with you. I mean, uh, we, we were just talking about earlier before we started filming how. We're, we're, it doesn't matter when it started, but we said right after he goes to uh, leaves Kansas, the movie shifts. Yes. He leaves that realism, mm. um, that that wonderful, uh, all the allegory, all the mm-hmm. oh, building of a legend. And then suddenly <laughs> we come to the big city and there's flashy cars and pimps going, <laughs> and, and all that stuff. Where it, I mean, little by little, this wonderful foundation got chipped apart. Yes. And then Luther shows up. And I'm with you. I love Gene Hackman. Hackman always has, has always been scary to me. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because uh, a little anecdote here on the side. You know, he was it was asked to be Hannibal Lecter. He was originally oh, really? the, the choice for Hannibal Lecter. He turned it down because he felt that was a darkness he didn't want to go into. Mm. And I always felt Gene Hackman has always had an inner darkness totally. in his roles yeah. yes. that make you just nervous. Yeah. Yes. He may not look physical, yes. but he's a guy that you know, you know, this yeah. guy can kill you with a pencil. You yeah. Know? Yeah, <laughs> totally. really, I mean, first he'll make you laugh and get you off, uh, kind of disarm you, and then mm-hmm. you don't know when he's going to go berserk. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting that Hannibal Lecter scared him, and wow. he wouldn't go there. And he didn't, you know, didn't pursue it, and so mm. he went to Hopkins, which honestly, Hopkins was the best choice, yeah. and you know, he's well, he certainly made it happen. But this is long before with with Lex Luthor. I mean, I'm looking at Luthor, and you're right, the cartoonist. It's like he's the only one that gets it that it's real, and yet he the the scripts lets him let, lets him down. I, we go into yeah. the writing here. Yeah, the writing lets him down. Because his acting, his, his the ego I loved. Yeah, that whole totally. aside, greatest criminal mind. It's like you know, when you're an egotist, <laughs> yeah. you know, you gotta have some statement for yourself. I've always felt, well, I gotta be fair and give it to Marv because Marv was helping him write it. Marv's take on mm-hmm. Luther in the Man of Steel comic was great, and it uh, also led to the in- interpretation in the animated series. Yeah, how he was, you know, whatever his vanity and his ego was. 
he made it kind of so culturally acceptable. Yeah. Mm. We call it hip. Mm. But in reality, we knew it was just, you know, it's egotism. It was yeah. his mm. nepotism. It was his narcissism. It was right. all these things that makes him negative that our, our culture <coughs> basically embraces and go, that's success. So <coughs> that got missing in the Superman movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. him living, I mean, everything just went cartoonish. And I like yeah. the idea of, of, I mean, at the time it bothered me because this is years later we got the Lex Luthor that I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's always been in the back of my mind. Like, why didn't they really work out Luther as well as they worked out who's Ket Clark and Cal El was? Yeah, yeah. Instead of just going to the cartoon. Yeah. They didn't want to go the mad scientist route, which was something that, again, as a kid of the 60s, we're used to that Luther. Yeah. Ball headed Luther and his gray overalls running yeah. around with some sort of <laughs> weird weapon. But that made sense. You know, we knew right. we hate him because he, you know, he, he was he was different, but he also cost him his wonderful red hair and all right. that kind of crap. Right. Yeah. But um into the movie you can see where again they and this is something I see today with a lot of superhero material, where they don't have not just the courage of their convictions, they don't believe enough in the material to make it real to continue mm-hmm. that reality or they get so caught up in the reality they miss that there's this wonderful fantasy element about it yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. why i won't go any further because then we'll be into batman too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but i felt like with this yeah the ball was dropped with uh, luther as much as i love otis i love otis he's a great pawn but if you're going to be a greatest criminal mind in the universe, and, 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 yeah. and you know you would have smarter people yes. than Otis, I know. <laughs> and more yeah. capable uh, people, right? And, and how he can get all these things done with just two people, stretched, yeah, just yeah. kind of popped the bubble for me, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. And it became then a, a bad '70s comedy, you know? yeah, yeah, totally. And that's the part where I felt critical about the movie. Mm. For me, is that um, all the whole fighting for real estate and stuff, which seemed really smart and smarmy. That's the word. It became smarmy, yeah. smart, but not fun and yes. evocative and adventuresome. Yeah, you know, and and, and almost like the writers couldn't believe. Okay, what do we do? He's a man of steel. How do you stop him? And it's yeah. like, well, you know, maybe you know. Well, even then, comic book writers weren't that. Some weren't that good. Mm. So you couldn't just call up who was writing Superman mm-hmm. at the time. Um, there were people who you could call. Yeah. Um, I mean, Neil was very strong about how he wanted Superman to be done. Mm-hmm. But you know that was a that was a that was a letdown. Mm. Yeah. And in Man of Steel, personally, I liked it. I, I liked, liked it too. I liked it because he was one thing about him. He had something again that I always felt Luther should have. A scary. He's the dark side of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. That nervous, yeah, yeah. twitchy mm. egotism again. Mm-hmm. Um, he certainly makes up a lot of what, a lot of annoying millennials that we know or <laughs> like. The know-it-allism, the whole handy attachment to technology, but no sense of how to you know yeah. wear your own clothes and clean yourself. <laughs> you know that that sort of pithy kind of smarmy hipness yeah, that yeah, he yeah. really personified. Yeah. I thought he was good. I thought it was a perfect choice. Yeah. You know yeah. what both versions lack for me, though? Like, mm-hmm. you talked about the animated series mm-hmm. and and from John Byrne's run, too. Yeah. I just, I have that iconic image of Luther mm-hmm. in his suit, mm-hmm. in his high-rise, yeah. with Superman floating outside his window. Perfect image. And that it? quiet, stoic face-off between these two titans, one's mm-hmm. intellectual, one's mm-hmm. physical, mm-hmm. and they're equals. Yeah. And there's a gravity to Luther that you get in that. We got it in the animated series as well, mm-hmm. and nothing in live action has ever given it to us. Like no. Luther has just not ever had that gravity, and that's what I miss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, if you were going to recast Man of Steel now for uh, a version of Luther, who would you pick? Oh gosh, I mean, I thought Cranston was a good idea, Brian Cranston. Yeah, yeah. He would, actually, he would have been. Yeah. Now yeah. I think about it. Yeah, I forgot he was up. Yeah, they were yeah. talking about. Yeah, him. he would have been brilliant. Yeah, that'd have been brilliant. amazing. Yeah. And actually, I mean, maybe it's a little twisted, but. Mm-hmm. If you look at Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin from the Daredevil oh, series, God, yes. like yeah, that's a yeah. there's some there's some yeah. goodness there too. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I I I have a six degrees of separation thing about D'Onofrio. I always get his name wrong. I have a friend of a friend who grew up with him, and uh-huh. so I know a lot about what he's as an actor, how what he's come through, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful seeing him being appreciated. Mm-hmm. Finally, yeah. As yeah. he's he, brilliant. He's one. He's the best thing for me um, that saved the whole Marvel TV thing. Mm. Yeah, uh, when they when he, his his version of the Kingpin is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Just, and yeah, you're right. Awesome. They, we need that for Luther. Yeah, and he would have been. He made a great Luther. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ways, he was perfect Luther. But yep. you know, let's talk about Lois. Mm. What do you think about Margot Kidder as Lois? Is she your Lois? Is she my Lois? Um, again, a kid who is who came up through <laughs> Noel Neal and uh, um, oh, I got a face in my head. It was Noel Neal, but there was the actress before her, um, the one with Kirk Allen on the yeah, old serials. Yeah, 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 yeah. So here's I can look it up. Oh, uh, I feel bad. I can't think of her name, and I got I got her face in my head. This I'll is the it. curse of age. But um, <laughs> I mean, they. And she played it, and, and nobody gives her a lot of credit because she played Lois straight. Mm. And Noel was gorgeous, tiny, looked just uh, like Kirk Schaffenberger drew her. Mm. And so, but her attitude with him was so gosh darn cute. It was, it kind of taken away the, the chemistry. So here is, Margot comes in. Oh, Noelle Neal was with Kirk Allen. Okay, no, okay. But there was a, the actress before that. Phyllis, Phyllis Kirk? I'll keep looking. I think it's Phyllis Kirk. Hmm. I, knew I, I hmm. knew if I talked long enough, it's going to pop in my head. Phyllis Kirk, <laughs> Phyllis Kirk was, was, was like, she was a strong chick. And I always thought that was great for, for Lois. Mm. So Margot had a lot of her, mm. less of n- none of Noel Neal, hmm. um, which, again, I like Noel Neal physically. But um, emotionally, I thought Margot really paid it off. The the worst again being critical of something you like. Yeah. The worst thing about the movie was having that damn flying sequence in the, <laughs> in the bad poem. You didn't need it. You yeah, really didn't yeah. need the, her to do that. The I, I can deal with the flying. It just didn't need the voiceover. Yes. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And that always has taken down their that whole that that ruined it for me. Yeah. That, that kind of like ruined it in a way that you know Lex got bad lines, yeah, and bad cohorts, and so that took yeah. away his effectiveness. But I like her; I thought she was perfect, um, especially in the Clark scenes. Yeah, you know, which again also influenced the animated series, and brought upon upon the whole um, her nickname for Clark being Smallville, mm. which really was a great touch. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and how she always saw him. Yeah, and. It, was, uh, it seemed first derisive, how she would do it, and in another way, it was her attraction mm. because he wasn't from the city. He wasn't this slick guy. He was from Smallville, 
and that really got her. Phyllis Coates, by the Phyllis way. Coates, yes. Yes. Yeah. Phyllis Coates, that's it. Phyllis Coates. Phyllis Kirk. There, Phyllis, Phyllis Kirk was an actress around the same time, but yeah, she was. I mean, I, I mean, as a kid, I remember her just looking like she. You know, you can see her getting in front of Luther's face and going, "You're going to tell me what I'm going to know, Mister Luther." Yeah, and that's, yeah, that was the kind of Lois I wanted. You know, yeah, I liked totally. her. As, you know, I mean, you get an anime. You get. I wasn't. I came up in journalism. And you had to be tough. You know, yeah. I got out of journalism because I didn't feel like I was <laughs> tough enough. I couldn't be tough. Uh, but, um, and I thought she was unfortunately just never given that kind of thing. So uh, Margot had that kind of spunkiness, that kind of toughness. Yeah. I like that. I just wish they, they really kept that going for her. Yeah. You know. What do you think, Jay? I think you captured so much of it really, oh, really well. Thanks. Um, the only flavor I'll add to it mm-hmm. is that... Um, I think that when Lois mm-hmm. is done really well, mm-hmm. she is the embodiment of Metropolis, mm-hmm. meaning that yeah. like she's the personality of Metropolis. She is a go-getter. Right. She's in it for getting mm-hmm. the story. She's in it for the the rat race. Yeah. And so she forgets to she forgets her connection to people mm-hmm. because she'll use people to get the story or to get the thing or whatever. And so I think that um I had the exact same note as you had. Is like when she falls in love with Superman, she's actually not falling in love with the whole person because she's not falling in love with Clark yet right. until yeah. she starts to later, right? right. So I think that um, she's a, she's a really solid embodiment of what it means for Metropolis to to treat Superman a certain mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But just like you, the poem ruins it all because it almost takes her in it like it, it makes her like um it weakens her character yeah, because yeah. like you said it's she'll, insulting in a way it's know? insulting yeah, because she'll yeah. walk up to She's Luther exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly she would have picked a better poem she would have thrown out some really heavy stuff from that is know? so but, true but no not that yeah and, and, and yeah. she would she's the kind yeah. of person who she would walk up to Luther and just tell him like you know, I want my information and this yeah, is what you're yeah, going to give yeah, me yeah, yeah. but then when she just goes completely gaga over now the love story part is awesome yeah but when they overdo it yeah then you're like wait a minute I thought she was the tough one like yeah. why is she she yeah. should at least be questioning I mean she is the poem is questioning herself mm-hmm. but it's questioning it in like a in like a dreamy kind of way as opposed Mushy. to like why am I falling in love with this guy like yeah. he could be a real creep how do I know but <laughs> yeah. it's not doing that and so yeah. you just it kind of takes Lois's character and brings her down a notch in your eyes mm-hmm. and I think that's a shame because it doesn't need to do that right. it makes her not cartoonish right exactly and that's a bummer <laughs> so yeah yeah. now in Man of Steel I think there was much more well handled mm-hmm. and Amy or, uh, I liked Amy, Amy Adams the great yeah, yeah. I mean, it was again being a. I, I'm not so much of a purist, but I am a classicist, and it's so the redheaded Lois threw me off because I'm thinking, <laughs> what about yeah. Lana? What about yeah. Lana? <laughs> Who cares about Lana Chuck? Yo, I have a committee in my head that yells at me sometimes. <laughs> Shut up, she's cute. Shut up. You know? She's like Phyllis Coates. Shut up, she's tough. You know, and I kind of like awesome. that. But uh, but yeah, the whole redhead was like, oh, it was driving yeah. me nuts. But I had to kind of like always settle down, get into the story. And I liked her. I yeah. really liked her relationship with him, and I liked her relationship. And again, I could come back to mom. I'm a mama's boy, okay? <laughs> so I loved how um, uh, her and Martha had a connection. Mm. You know, yeah. it really kind of made sense. Yeah, that was good. I'm going to backtrack again because I didn't think we get we, we dealt with Jorel, but we don't talk enough about Thomas, mm. um, dad. Um, in the Costner version, mm-hmm. which everybody is so angry at. There's a divisiveness oh. about it. And it's I one thought, of my favorite 
superhero characters yeah. in any superhero yeah. movie of all yeah. time. Well, I'm still, I mean, I'm, I'm, of course, I mean, again, the, the Glenn Ford one brings me to tears all the time. Yeah. But, mm. um, because, yeah, when he starts to grab oh, his arm, he's like, oh, oh no. Yeah, like, that was oh, not right. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I actually saw it on Christmas Eve. Uh, with my girlfriend then back in college. Yeah. And so it, that scene always, like, she would look over and be like, oh, <laughs> my yeah. big guy's crying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just kind of, it was just, you know. Dusty in here. <laughs> it's dusty, yeah, it's dusty. And, but that, but again, when he dies, again, the heart for me mm. loses in the movie. And Reeve has to carry it by himself. Mm. And, but the rest of the movie kind of dies. Mm. Um, but while, while with um, Hate It or Love It, you can't say that Costner's role definitely left an impression yeah. that, okay, even when he gets his dad back as a hologram, <laughs> he's still learning from his Kansas dad. His, yeah. The farmer taught him something. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that he was telling him. I, mean, I, I, really, I agree with everybody. I, I, you know, he could have saved him. Yeah. So they could have came up with a better version right. Right. of how he lost or sacrificed dad. Um, saving a bunch of people would have done just that. Right. And then fly, almost like with Lois, you know, he saved a bunch of people, comes back, and there's his father dead. Yeah. That he missed one person because he was so focused on the dog and everyone yeah. else. <laughs> it's just a matter of editing and rewriting, but, you know, that's the only thing that I felt was a real mistake. Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And the whole thing of him, um, um, you know, I mean, parents, it's hard to tell your kid to go out there and, and, uh, um, and again, I feel bad being, I'm a, a grand uncle. Mm. So, but I've had many, many talks with my nieces and nephews mm-hmm. and my younger siblings about things. And it's hard to tell them to go do something when you know that the world is hard. Yeah. And you want yeah. them to be strong. You want them to learn a lesson, but they also, the thing you have to tell them is sacrifice. And I yeah. thought Costner did a great job of that. And no matter how much you hate the movie, it was like he was the MVP of having to take that ugly message and sell it. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I totally. I think he did a good exactly. job with that. Exactly. You know. Totally. Anyway, I diverted. I, I, I no, 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 that's good. I that's felt good. we didn't give him enough totally. credit on that. I've, I've got one more question for mm-hmm. us. And not to end on a negative note, but this is one of the goofiest <laughs> parts of the whole movie, and we have to talk about it. Yeah. Um, turning back time <laughs> by spinning the earth the other way. Science. Science. Talk about that, Jay. What did you think? Well, uh, so I really dislike it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it, it solidifies. I, I dislike it for several ways, uh, for several reasons, I should say. Um, the first is it sort of solidifies the cartooniness that we've talked about, whether yeah. it's the Lois poem or whether it's the Otis and o- Otis and Hackman kind of interactions, test mocker interactions. It takes it to cartoon level because a cartoon would do that. Yeah. And yeah. it would do it yeah. for humor. It would yeah. say, oh, how do you turn the wor- time yeah. back? It yeah. is go around that's the world. That's what Mighty Mouse would do. Right. It's what Mighty, Mighty Mouse would do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow, that's, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. that, that I don't like it for that reason. But there's also some more reasons I don't like it. And the mm-hmm. other one is I just don't think we should bring tra- time travel into as many stories. I, I, I have a yeah. time travel novel out there. So I'm not saying mm-hmm. don't do time travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm saying you if you're going to do don't time travel. Don't force it into other places. Right. Yeah, because. There's a place for it. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. now every every single turn of the movie, if you rewatch it, you're like, why don't you just turn back time, dude? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, because that, if that's the answer, then just do that. Like, yeah. why not yeah. do that? Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, you sent that email to the Russo brothers, right? <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. I no, just want to be sure we got I, that out. I, I literally <laughs> have. I literally have in here that like it's gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna become a problem in Infinity War. Of <laughs> but so so I think that yeah. the I think that the, and then the last thing is my, I made the joke, but the last reason I have for for it is that you know if you're Star Wars. Mm. We don't expect you to get the science all right. We're, we're believing in something that we're like, oh well, we're just gonna, we're just gonna, we don't care mm-hmm. too much about the science. Mm-hmm. Editor's note: Jay has apparently not met any Star Wars fans. But this is so ludicrous that now we do care about the science, and now we do care about it and go, but that's impossible, and it just takes you out of it. Yeah. So I just think I wish wish they I wish they would have found. There's so many other things they could have done rather than reverse time. Yeah, and if you can reverse time, like let's just think of the 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 Spider Man implications, right? Where you've got that person's in danger, but all the like my 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 family members in danger, yeah, but everyone else, again. yeah. 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 The problem is if you can reverse time, <laughs> nobody's in danger. Nobody's right, in danger. Right. But then you got to spend your time making up for exactly. all these things, and then you know that that was yeah, that, yeah. exactly. It, again, they yeah they they cartoonized it and kind of killed it. It's funny because at the time, because you know, being older than you guys, I you know always seen this <laughs> when I was in my twenties, and um, my girlfriend, I remember her as the barometer. Of, well, that's cute. And that bothered me. It was like, well, it's not supposed to be cute. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and growing up on Superman and having all the millions and millions and millions and millions of stories, then Superman, Jimmy Lowson becoming a giant turtle man, Lois all of a sudden becomes some, you know, it, it became, believe it or not, that was so DC. Mm. That was such a DC 60s, 50s moment mm. that unfortunately, Ruined it because I was hoping, well, don't do that. That's the silly stuff. Yeah. That we, the comic fans who didn't have a voice then. Yeah. Um, and that's why I dated myself here because, you know, to talk about it back then, we really were outsiders going, man, that, that, that blew. That blew. Yeah. yeah that blew. Why'd you do that? Yeah, why, why, yeah. And everyone else is going about, oh, it made so much money. And we're, we're, we're sitting off going, but that stuck, man. That really sucked. Yeah. Why'd you do that? And when he pulled off the S and did the shuriken thing, why'd you do that? You know, kind of thing. So there's all these little, it just diminishing results from there. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, in comic book terms, what happened was that, you know, or in TV terms, they jumped the shark. Yes. Yeah. They popped the bubble. They, Thanks, they, 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 Yeah, they went. Yeah. They, they they just went wrong here, yeah. and um, and there's no way to save it. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you have to embrace the cartoony part of it. The, there was a heart part of it that I got, but you're right. The science of it just didn't make any sense, yeah. and it just opened up. Especially what we know about science, uh, well, time travel stories now, it just yeah. opens yeah. a whole another can of it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's unfortunately it takes me out of the movie. Yeah, yeah. it still takes me out of the movie to this day. Yeah. Um, this is why I can't, whenever I hear people go on about how wonderful it is, I have to step back and be quiet because I'm back in 78. <laughs> but yeah, the end. You know, <laughs> and when my buddy's going, man, why, why, why did they do that? Yeah, <laughs> why, it was yeah, so yeah. great. You know. But so you mentioned the you. science of it. Well, I looked it up. Yeah. Oh, you did. <laughs> what would happen if the Earth spinned the other way? Oh, you did. You I did. Up? You mean we flying off? In different <laughs> <laughs> that one? No, it's pretty much just climate change. Mm. Oh, really? That's pretty much oh. all it is. That's uh, what's happening right now. Then Superman's turned back to planet. Yeah. So this so could be the cure for global warming. Right? So yeah. no, uh, interesting. Well, so no, we'll basically make make, uh, make tired of this. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it depends on which part of the world you're in, but things would basically shift like. Really, really cold climates could mm-hmm. turn to desert, mm-hmm. and vice versa, uh, and stuff like that. But you know, but, but it also opened up on a on a functional, on a story level, on um, whether comic book or just movie storytelling level, 
it, it again broke that wall where mm-hmm. we have this fo- solid foundation of what his powers can do. Yeah. And all of a sudden he can do that. And that just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And I know Reeves sold, again, Reeves sold it. I, I like, I don't well, blame him. Yeah, but you know what my biggest problem with it What's was? Mm-hmm. You Because you, you talk about him selling it. Mm-hmm. Right before it, you have Lois dying. Yeah. And you have what I still remember to this day as one of the most visceral reactions on film the to screen. a death I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. And to follow that up with flying lines around the earth and spinning it backwards, it's like, you did that a disservice. Like, Christopher Reeve gave you something amazing. Well, that's what I mean. He's and so, you screwed it. Yeah, yeah, but that's the filmmaker's fault. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, in the case, I hate to, okay, what's called the problem who it is? The Salkin's problem. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be careful because I'm... And don't blame Donner. Hey, don't I'm, blame Donner. Yeah, yeah. No, well, yeah. <laughs> he, he was just, just a director. When you're just a director, and, and being a just a director is really hard to yeah. go through that kind of stuff when the producers put things on you, and mm-hmm. unfortunately they did. And that's, you're right. I mean, that's, we're basically saying the same thing. I mean, yeah. my, my feeling of selling was, I mean, again, the emotion that he played on yeah. that yeah. and how he, he, he took it serious, even though we know it's a ludicrous thing. Yeah. If it had came off, and then to this day, I think that's why to non-fans who enjoy the movie, it sells for them. Yeah. Because the emotion got, you know, what's the problem? He saved his girlfriend. Right. Okay. He, it was a sacrifice. I get the sacrifice. Um. And in that respect, okay. So it's a matter of, okay, I don't like apples and you like apples. Great. Um, but, you know, in the long run, um, what could have been better is what we get in Man of Steel. Yeah. You know, yeah of yeah. his sacrifice. I have no problem with the whole, I mean, his moment is having to kill. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to, that was, again, we know too much now. Just spaying yeah. the planet. Yeah, you could probably do it, but then it opens up other possibilities. And, <laughs> right. and also, what happens if he meets the other Superman coming back going, oh, shit. <laughs> you, you stopped a little too soon. You know? Now I got to go back. You know, I'm watching this on The Flash when Flash goes, you know, oh, when, yeah, when yeah. he sees himself and he's got to stop himself going, no, no, let mom die. And that really is tough. But those are choices are made. I mean, to me, those are like... Um, Writing choices where, okay, our point is to manipulate you, and if we manipulate you enough that you don't see the strings, mm. then we do our job. Yeah. yeah In this yeah, case, yeah. the strings were seen. Yes. We literally. And part of that, too, was at the time, remember, these guys thought they were being clever, and they were doing something. They didn't have a Star yeah. Wars to kind of go right, against. Right, and, right, right, right. Yeah. Or, or anything. Well, they had 2001, and that was too super, super serious, so they couldn't go yeah, that way. Yeah. So I, to, to their credit, for the time period that they're in, they solved it the best way they knew. Yeah. It was lame. It was cheap. It was yeah. kind of silly. That was the time period, so yeah. 70s. So, yeah. so I don't, I, I mean, it's one of those things, again, it was like, well, then we make up for it. Yep. Yeah. We make up for it in Man of Steel. And, yeah. and, and you can hate that he killed. On the other hand, it was like, well, you know. Let's just keep making Superman movies. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Hey, I'm down and then, eventually there will be something for everybody. Right. At least he didn't take <laughs> off his S and throw it like a yeah, shirt right. and put him in the yeah, yeah. So, you know, Kill the son, bitch. That works. Okay. <laughs> no more Zod. Zod gone. <laughs> Zod gone. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Chuck, thanks so much for joining us today, I'm, man. I, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. It's this been is, really fun. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And talking about something that I haven't really talked about in a long time. Yeah. There you go. This is the first time in 30 years I've talked about that movie. So, And I know that you guys are going to talk a little bit more and do it do a like a more of a formal interview yep. or an oh, informal cool. interview informal, yes but mm-hmm. are there some things you want to shout out to people that they should go check out that you're oh, doing god geez what am i doing <laughs> um, um primarily i yeah i get i get to hawk the show i'm doing um i directed a show called kula party 
um, mm. Dreamwalker, which is season two of the Kulapari series. Mm. And um, it's um, on the Netflix. Best, and Netflix, yeah, yep. thank you. On Netflix. And uh, I'm giving a shout out because Netflix is not very good at promoting oh, their sure, things, sure, especially sure. our show compared to Voltron and She Ra. Oh, yeah. We're mm. way in the bottom. But everybody who's seen it really loves it. And that's, that's really heartening to me. Um, it's, it's basically like Game of Thrones meet Ninja Turtles. That sounds awesome. Last year, I used to say it was more like um, it was more like uh, Lord of the Rings meets Lord, which it literally was. It was more like Lord of the Rings. This time, it was a little more Game of Thronesy, um, mm. and that is a lot more complicated in relationships. We yeah. don't kill, and there's no sex on it. But it's animated. Um, uh, the Ninja Turtle part is that the characters are all an- uh, they're anamorphic uh, animals. Oh, they're cool. um, frogs who are fighting in this sort of um, mythological version of Australia. Mm. Yeah. And so it's, nice. it's kind of a fun fantasy show. That's I awesome. enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. It's uh, worked with some of the best voices, voice talent. Um, always have to try, try his name out because he's our one of our leads is Mark Hamill. Yep. And uh, uh, Keith yeah. David, uh, Phil Lamar, uh, Chris Summer. Uh, I know I'm missing a lot of other great people. So yeah. sorry, <laughs> but uh, I just say check it out. That's my that's what that was my day job. That's awesome, <laughs> so, and it's on Netflix, so it's, it's easy Netflix. to check it out. Yep. Like, yeah, and I went back and did a comic book for the first time in 30 years for DC. Nice, uh, called Primal Age, which is kind of a, a, a <laughs> so take. It's kind of like a tongue in cheek take on 80, 80s animation, oh. as if the DC universe was um, seen through He Man. Yeah. Oh, that's Masters awesome. of the Universe. It's a very bizarre story. <laughs> I did the Joker part, which was a lot of fun and very, cool. very uncomfortable to draw. Because <laughs> so, I'm drawing them and basically in a loincloth with, three, with 200 pounds of muscle. Oh, wow. And Joker's never been seen yeah. like yeah. this before. He's like on a skeletal <laughs> level yeah, of yeah. evil. It's and if Dwayne Johnson played the Joker. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 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 Every time I'm putting muscle, I go, this is wrong. <laughs> and he's supposed to have this limp flower on his harness but it looks like a big banana so i just drew it like a banana so anyway that's that's, awesome that's what i've been doing lately awesome well thank you so much for joining us thank you pleasure talking to you thank you for having me that's it for today's show special thanks to chuck Patton, emmy award-winning chuck Patton. Definitely check out everything that he's doing. And thank you for joining us today. We just really appreciate that. If you want more content from the Story Geeks related to Superman the movie, head over to thestorygeeks.com. This week, you'll find blogs from Ashley and Anthony. And if you head over right now and become a supporter of the Story Geeks for $2 a month or more, you'll unlock access to this week's Aftercast, where Daryl actually interviews Chuck Patton. Now, as a special treat for all of you guys, that's actually going to be free for the first week. But we'd still love for you to become an Aftercast supporter. So head over, check out our premium content. There's a lot of great Aftercast stuff. We don't want you missing out on that. Coming up soon on the Story Geeks podcast, we have episodes with Scott Nicewander and talking about Aquaman. We have episodes with Helen O'Hara talking about Infinity War and much, much more. So don't forget to subscribe. You do not want to miss out on that content. If you enjoyed today's show or any of the Story Geeks podcasts, please share our show with a geek friend or review the Story Geeks podcast on iTunes. We love it when you guys do that. Thanks for listening. And as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories and always seek the truth.